Culture and Psychology with Tabana. Hello to our listeners. Uh, this is Dr. Saide Malikafsali. Today I'm with Dr. Alexandradi. Our other friend, Dr. Um, Brockers, is not here today with us. Um, we decided to talk about um, the political divide, something that is really a huge thing nowadays in our country. Um, what happened on uh, January the 6th in the history of the United States was uh, unlikely to happen. So because of that, everybody was hooked on media and TV to watch what was happening. And as time unfolded and events were showing from different um, you know, perspective or from different angle, um, it just became more important and it brought more questions and more conversation. So today with my colleague and friend, Dr. Andrade, we are going to talk about this. Thank you, Dr. Malakavzali. This is uh, an important topic that I think a lot of people are struggling with. And uh, when we're struggling with something that is so so new in this way, such a such a contrast in that political divide. I mean, it's something we can say has always been there to some degree, you know, Republican, Democrat. But uh, to this level, uh, I've seen and heard people who who typically aren't very political. Um, really be impacted. I mean, even like I said, with what we've seen at the the Capitol uh, on January 6th, it was kind of shocking for a lot of people. Uh, I was reading, uh, I was briefly reading an article that compared it uh, almost to 9-11, which I thought was a stark contrast. Uh, but the, the idea that American ideals and values have been attacked uh, on a domestic level uh, was the point the author was making. And I, I just was like, wow, this is this is something that people are having such a strong reaction to. So I'm definitely glad that we're talking about it today because some of our listeners, you know, uh, it's one of the things that we, we all feel this sense of sometimes comfort and freedom uh, in America and that these things don't always happen. But then to see them live uh, on television unfolding, uh, can be scary for a lot of people. So I think to to address this issue is a very important. So I'm glad we're talking about it. Sure. And we, even though we knew there's a political divide, um, it's been happening and we knew about this, but when sometimes uh, some events like what happened and we witnessed happens, you just realize the depth of the divide. And that's the part that makes you feel like is this the country without VR? Is this the people without VR? And the anger between the two groups is just amazes you that why not we are a nation that we can converse and we can just face to face, you know, look at the eyes of each other and converse about what we think and how we can come to some sort of mutual understanding from um, the point of views that we have. You know, uh, there is a, a Persian professor, Dr. Um, Fatali Mugadam, um, uh, who teaches at uh, George Washington University. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually made a point and he said, um, you know, I'm going to remind you, he was talking to his uh, students that um, 
conducting mutually respectful conversations across the divide becomes much easier under leadership that identifies superordinate goals in a cooperative way. I think this part tells me that the leadership is more than any time important. We always know that the leadership is important, but when it comes to situations that we witness, you realize that how a leader can bring people together, how a leader can separate and create chaos between people. Well, in the history that um, I have studied, we know that there are different leaders. And even in psychology that we studied, we know there are so many different leadership style in organizational psychology. But what we witness on January 6th brings the question of the leadership and the importance of it, especially in today's world, that everything is open, um, People um, are listening and are hearing everything happens, you know, there's always a way that people find out about even the most secret things that you think is secret, but people are watching, people are listening. So the role of a leader is really important. And because um, we are talking about psychology, I wanted to also say how do psychologists can help, you know, because our role here um, becomes important. I know educators, scientists, psychologists, um, and every person in our society, their role is important when it comes to this. But um, we realize the anger, you know, the rage. Um, so how can we help people in general as a psychologist? You bring up so many great points too. And and I think it, it, one of the ones that you hit on that I think is so important is even just, you know, when there's that, that, that difference in view, you know, how do we come, how do we come together? How do we, how do we face that person and ha have a conversation? How do we bridge that divide? Uh, I find more often, and, and this is something that I hear so many people become startled about that we have more similarities than we do differences. And when those differences are at the forefront and we focus just on the difference, we can feel a greater disconnect from, from a person. And I think when it comes to you know politics, uh, definitely one of those areas that can feel a huge divide. I kind of always jokingly say uh, in sessions, sometimes people are hesitant to talk about uh, their political views. And I say, you know, we talk about sex, we talk about religion, we talk about politics, you know, we talk about all of those things in, in therapy sometimes to uh, not not feel as though we're having to uh, kind of identify our points or get our point across, but more to recognize our view. And so I think a lot of times in, in everyday life, people tend to talk in a way to solidify their view versus uh, eliciting another point of view. And so a lot of times we tend to confirm our view and, and that makes it even harder to see another perspective or the, the person who has a different view from us, you know, their, uh, you know, their values, their beliefs uh, related to their views. It's not a matter of right or wrong or good or bad. It's more of different. And that makes it so difficult for some people to even bridge when we have 
uh, different things such as social media kind of saying, you know, this is this is right and what is wrong. And, and so it creates such a conflict and tension, like you said, even leading to that anger in that way. It also reminds me of the idea that I think nowadays, too, people struggle to be to be wrong. And what I mean by that, and even even hearing that phrase, some people can be like, well, I'm not wrong or, you know, I'm not I I, I could I could be wrong. And, and a lot of times people struggle with that. We tend to feel like we're we're right more than we're wrong. And to be wrong isn't bad. To be wrong means that we don't know. Uh, even the term ignorant, a lot of times people look at that as a very negative term, but to be ignorant means to not know. I'm ignorant about a lot of things. I, I'm, 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 I'm happy to say there's a lot of things I don't know um, because I, I don't want to pretend that I know it all. And so it worries me when somebody feels as though they know everything or they their views are steadfast in a way that there's no other way to see something. So I think it's so, so difficult and so challenging nowadays for people to be able to see an alternative view when they feel like to have a different view is is wrong or bad versus just different in that way. And so, like you said, going back to that question, what can psychologists do? I think it's about increasing. I know we've talked about the idea of our perspective, our awareness, but I think it, it comes down to that fundamental idea of, you know, we need to be aware of, you know, our views and our beliefs in a way of it's not all-knowing or it's not, you know, the only way to see things. It's one of the many ways to see things. And a lot of times there's not just one or two sides to, a, to an issue. There's several. And I think a lot of times, even the fact that we're talking about a political divide, and I think we're just thinking one versus the other, that already shows that that limit that is placed upon us in this way. And so to increase our awareness of the limitations of just being confined to, you know, one way is right and one way is wrong is that initial step. Absolutely. So um, basically in this country, because of these two major groups that we have, Democrats and Republicans, um, you know, we have become basically, I know there are other parties as well, but the um, number of people that um, there are within the two parties obviously has made our country just divided between the two groups. So I know um, our opinions separate from our conversation, but I'm not going to side at all. But I just like to talk about um, why can we, you know, a nation that is known in the world as the most democratic nation, why should we go back to years before that the society has been working so hard to bring us to a point that we thought we are not dealing with those primary pieces regarding race, regarding, you know, um, understanding each other, regarding, you know, working together, because we are a nation that we have seen in the history, whatever has happened, you know, we get together, we finally work it out. But the roots of what happened on January 6 is, is really huge. So I, I was thinking maybe we need civility in politics, you know, because that's something that maybe psychologists, social psychologists can help with that. 
Um, there is a, a blog and website that uh, one of the social psychologists by name of Dr. Ravi Lyer, I don't know if you've heard of her, um, him. Um, so he has this site and it's called Civil Politics. And I was actually reading some of the things that um, he was talking about. And unfortunately, I don't know if the name is... Um, a female or a male. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, in general, basically, Dr. Lawyer talks about the civility in politics and just having simple conversations like we sit at the kitchen table. Uh, why are we, are we making it bigger than what it is? Let's just face each other. And he actually believes that we need to be face to face, bring these groups together. Let's just talk about simple things. Let's start with just personal stuff, get to know each other. And then gradually after conversation, get to, um, you know, um, politics and in politics listen to each other because there are some points that maybe the other group is right and um, has his ideas about that and we need to have this understanding to listen and um, to uh, even finally not even agree disagree but at least listen to each other and I was just thinking this is something that psychologists can do perhaps because I know there's such a rage and anger among people that maybe in personally we don't face with some of our patients that they have that but then we know also in social psychology that what crowd does to each individual. Because mm -hmm. when you are with the crowd, all of yeah. a sudden, all the emotions, everything just goes way beyond what it is. And then you act out. No, definitely that idea of that mob mentality almost uh, can be very dangerous and very risky in that way. And again, even in that, we stopped seeing people as people. We just see them as a mob. And so, uh, again, it's something that we need to, on an individual level, as well as on a group level, be able to pull back and say, wait, let's see the humanity in another person. Let's see their their views, their feelings, their, their experiences versus just this idea of right and wrong and good and bad. Very good, Dr. Andrade. So we are going to go for a break and come back to continue our conversation about the political divide. Shanavandigan Aziz Radio Bamdad, man. دکتر سعیده ملک افزالی هستم به همراه همکارم دکتر الکساندرادی امروز در خدمتون هستیم همکار دیگرمون دکتر راکرز امروز نتونست با ما باشه و ما در مورد این بسلا شکافی که از نظر سیاسی بین گروه های جمهوری خواه و دموکرات افتاده صحبت میکنیم امروز به خاطر اینکه روز ششم ژانویه اتفاقی که افتاد انقدر بزرگ بود که ما فکر کردیم امروز راجع به این مسئله صحبت بکنیم برمیگردیم و در خدمتون هستیم
We are back with Dr. Alex Andrade, one of my colleagues from Tavana organization. Uh, and we continue our conversation about the divide um, between uh, people in regard to their political um, issues. Dr. Rockers, I want to continue with what um, Dr. Lyer, who is a social psychologist talks about, the Wall Street Journal had an interview with him. And in one of the questions, um, it was, um, the question was uh, that because Dr. Lawyer has a blog and a website, and in one of the blogs, I guess, he had written something about tribalism, tribalism. And um, so the Wall Street Journal questioned him about the tribal politics and um, asked him, do you said the tribal politics are dividing the country? Why is that? And the answer was very interesting because it made me think he says that human being is um, basically a group that when you put them together as, um, you know, as a big group, like in thousands and then millions and um, all of that, uh, they um, are so much into competition at that point. So he actually talks about that we are so invested in competition that in the absence of conflict, we actually invest conflict. That was very interesting. And it says the example, the clear example here is the sports, that um, our tribal politics are not surprising, he says. He says, look at the sport. So that was very interesting to me that he says, um, just check what's going on between the two parties, between big groups, between sports organizations, Competition is part of who we are as a human being. It, it reminds me of the idea. I find it's it's very almost natural for people to compare and contrast. We do it so frequently, and a lot of times we don't even realize it. It's it's me and you. It's it's us versus them. Uh, it's what I have versus what they have, or what I don't have compared to what they have. And it, it it's that second step I think for people to take us to to be able to see well you know, what about just me? What if I just ask about myself or just about my family versus that, that comparing and contrasting? And, and again, I think it's one of those things, it's not good or bad or right or wrong, but it can lead to some things that can be very dangerous and very risky. I see people with uh, individuals experiencing depression who do this. They'll, uh, that's part of the depression. Sometimes they see you know, others have it so much better than themselves versus them. And well, I, I kind of jokingly tell people, you know, you're not the only patient I ever see. Like people, you know, experience their own troubles and their own challenges. And regardless, I've seen over the years, regardless of, you know, age or ability or finance, you know, people have their own struggles, whatever they, they may be. But we can forget that because we're, we're comparing and contrasting sometimes in a way where it's like, well, they are better or they have more and I'm less than. And I think when we do that on a political level, it's like, I'm right. Well, what's the alternative? If we're right, then naturally the other must be wrong. And that can fuel that conflict even more. And even we know in social psychology, the self-serving, self-serving bias, mm -hmm. you know, we always tend to be on the side of people who think like us. Yeah. So in that way, we are biased. And, you know, 
when I was thinking of what happened on January 6th, uh, it was very interesting to bring so many issues to my mind that, for example, how psychologists can change. Um, remember last time we even talked about the role of psychologists in public health. Mm -hmm. uh, so I feel like even in um, political uh, situation in politics, the role of psychologists becomes even more important because um, we can actually uh, talk about the media and the algorithm that they have created that whatever you click and you're interested, all of a sudden everything about that comes to your um, you know, site and you are more actually focus on what you are interested your yeah. mind is not open to even see what's going on otherwise you know so i was just thinking why not psychologists create an algorithm on mm. their side seriously mm -hmm. to really open up all these issues and then more and more after the pandemic i feel like this is another pandemic we are facing the the deep divide between the, the groups, race. You know, we, we witnessed it was a lot about the race. Yeah. And what happened when um, in a couple of years ago, we were all so happy that we overcome to some extent with the race issue, but it was all in surface. We were fooling ourselves that this, you know, is the reality that race has been in many ways in this country, um, you know, um, resolved, but it was such a, um, you know, surface issue that now we, we noticed that someone who in opposite side came and opened this race issue, what we faced the other day. So there, again, I want to go back to the role of psychologists. What can we do in the society um, in a bigger scope, you know, mm -hmm. I remember last time, Dr. Andrade, you mentioned that we need to be present, we need mm -hmm. to, you know, open our way ourselves, because, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there isn't any organization to come and say, okay, now you have the media come and talk. No, we need to really talk more about this, uh, talk about the competition, talk about what you said, even people who are depressed, they're mostly comparing themselves with their yeah. siblings, with their coworker, with their neighbor. I mean, everything you um, can imagine around us, you know, I mean, it's good to compete in a healthy way. Like in a sport, we have always learned that, you know, if you win, you win. But if you lose, don't think that you're any less or you don't didn't know how to play or, you know, accept the losing. We always yeah. remember that in a sport, they have taught us. But the competition is getting to a point that it just takes away the joy, takes away the experiences uh, in a, a positive way. Yeah, and, and related to that, going back to the idea of you know being wrong, failing, you know losing at a sport, losing isn't you know death. A lot of times people feel like if they lose, they're a failure, they're worthless. You know, if they if something doesn't turn out the way that they want it to, that that's the end of it. Um, we we can actually learn so much through failure and and so much through like losing 
and we can actually grow and be better from that. Uh, growing up, I played a lot of sports. And so uh, it's one of those things where, you know, it's not about always whether you win or lose. And, and it's it's how the effort you put and what you learn from that and how you can grow. And sometimes you just lose. And sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, how can you be graceful in defeat in that way? How can you grow from that and learn from that? How can you see your competitor is not you know, evil or wrong or bad, but as somebody who is, you know, just as invested in that, 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 that activity that you are. And so it allows you to feel connected to them sometimes versus it being that they're your enemy or they're wrong or they're bad. Um, and so it's, it's so, I think, I, I want to say it's, it's, it's become more rigid over the years of good and bad and right or wrong. And I think social media has a lot to do with it in the sense that, you know, like you were saying, the idea of algorithms, you know, uh, through social media, you know, we can find things that we uh, uh, believe in. And, and there are, it seems to be as though there's algorithms that uh, say, hey, if you like this, then you're going to like this and you're going to like this. And so we get things that are kind of uh, more aligned with our views versus those things that maybe are different points of views. And so it's so difficult because like you said, going back to the idea of, you know, that confirmation bias, that self-fulfilling kind of being able to connect with others who solidify our view versus being open to others who, who don't. And so, and we've talked a little bit before about the whole cancel culture too. And I think that plays into it. If we say something that's controversial or wrong, you know, quote unquote wrong, all of a sudden, you know, we can be silenced for our views and our opinions. And that can definitely lead to people feeling powerless too. So again, I think there's, it's, it's, it's one of those things where this, this perfect storm of, you know, modernization, such as social media, as well as even just the political issues that are coming up can feed into that divide even more. And so I think we have to look at all of these things. And again, not, not as social media being bad, but all of these things are tools and it's how do we use these tools? Are we using them to grow and to challenge ourselves, or are we doing it to further divide and separate ourselves from one another? Because, uh, you know, again, social media can be one of those things that allows us to connect, to feel, uh, uh, you know, valuable in the sense of, uh, you know, finding others who, uh, you know, have similar views and interest and opinions as us, but there's also an opportunity to be overly, uh, engaged in it where it's like, okay, we get deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole of, you know, this is the truth and this is right and others are wrong. So yeah, I think it's, it's something we have to be very aware of uh, to take that other perspective is, is a skill that we need to develop and to grow. And, and if we're not asking yourself, what's another way I can see this, then this is just going to continue in that way, which can be very detrimental. Absolutely. Um, so um, basically, relationship could um, be the first issue to work on, because we know um, in leadership, they always say relationship, 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 because if you are related to the other group or to you know, various types of ideas and people, you know, when it comes to big issues, that relationship keeps you together because if the hate the anger that i don't want to talk to that person because i don't like his or her idea separate us obviously but if we look at each other as a person that we like to have the relationship like for example if i don't know what you think in general uh, about your political issues 
I relate to you in so many other ways. But imagine we are so jazzed up about our political ideas, and I find out that you have a political idea that is opposed to me. All of a sudden, I turn back and I say, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I mean, even if I don't say that, but inside, I feel like, oh, you know what? He doesn't have my idea. What do I do, you know, to... um, with this person, what, what, where am I? Uh, you know, so just ask those questions. Where are you in that? Are you yeah. really wanting to have a relationship with someone or a, some groups that are totally different from your ideas about political issues, about the sport issues, about some um, social issues? But we all are human being, and when you look at the children when they play with each other, you realize. Nobody knows, you know, what level of economical situation your parents have, you know, um, do you know your alphabet or not? Or, you know, where are you in your IQ? They just play and enjoy. Um, So I think relationship aside from any ideas, and if we really deeply understand that and teach um, the nation about this simple thing, you know, and I want to go back to what... um, Ravi Lawyer had said that mm. our communication is so common sense, like we are sitting mm. at the kitchen table. Yeah. Why don't we even look at each other as people that we can communicate, we can have relationship with, rather than, you know, cutting our, um, you know, connection right there when we know where our political science, uh, political uh, ideas are, mm-hmm. or where we socially stand right there. You know, if we cut all those and put it aside, what we are, we are just human beings that we can sit at the table and we can converse. And I've noticed that even in most difficult conversations that um, I've had, I know I've studied books about difficult conversations because of my previous position I had in our management training, we always had different types of training. And I, if I want to point one thing was just be a good listener, because sometimes we really close our ears to hear what the other person says. But maybe there is even a narrow thread that we can connect with the other person and start from there. No, I totally agree. And that's something I tell people about, you know, my job as a therapist, probably one of the things that has been the most the thing I've had to learn the most is to learn to listen. I think a lot of times people think of a therapist as, you know, being skilled in talking. I think the the biggest skill is listening. And I think it is something that is hard for a lot of people. And and because a lot of times in 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 listening or what we call listening typically, we're not really hearing what the other person is saying uh, for a whole range of reasons. So I definitely agree that listening is that very, very important step, uh, especially when it comes to differences. Absolutely. Um, And we do need to really understand there are different types of listeners. There's a person who just listens to just say what he or she is um, wants to say, or there's also a person who even doesn't hear you because doesn't agree with what you're saying. And right there is trying to say how can um, strongly disagree with you. And he's looking for the words to do that. So how many people you have seen in your life that 
they're really good listeners. They're very few. But one of the things, as you mentioned, I remember the first lesson in counseling I took was you need to be a good listener. You need to be a good listener. And I think we have to, one of the other um, things that we can maybe um, help is teach um, anyone that comes to um, converse with us as a psychologist to tell them when they talk about their issues, usually there's another person or group on the other side that they're complaining. Have you listened carefully to what they're saying? Maybe, maybe yeah. you are not understanding what they're trying to, to say. So yeah. with that, I want to give another break and come back and um, continue our conversation about the political divide and also all other things that came to our conversation. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه تازه رادیواتون رو باز کردیم و صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین ما امروز در خدمتون هستیم روزهای شنبه و شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یکی بعد از ظهر با همکارانم دکتر اندرادی و دکتر راکرز صحبت میکنیم در مورد مسائل مختلف روانشناسی امروز من و دکتر اندرادی در خدمتون هستیم و در مورد این شکاف بزرگی که بین دو گروه سیاسی ایجاد شده صحبت میکنیم برمیگردیم یک بریک کوتاه داریم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم With Dr. Andrade, and we are conversing about political divide. Dr. Andrade, we got to um, talking about being a good listener. And one thing else I was going to say is um, we are um, social creatures, and we are only capable of so much putting our feelings aside, you know. So um, we can disagree we can agree to disagreement because i know we have invested in some ideas that we have we have invested in some political issues that um, we believe in and i know also we have to you know give value to those that they deeply understand why they believe what they believe. There are a group of people who are followers, but there are certain group of people or individuals that they know what they're doing. And, and behind their ideas, there are so many goals and um, steps that they want to take. Um, and, and I hope is more for the society, not personal, because we know, unfortunately, even some leaders that they come 
um, and they have so many followers, they have some ideas for the betterment of the society, but all of a sudden they turn and they do things that is more to their benefits. So when it comes to agreement to this disagreement, I think even in political uh, issues, um, we can listen to each other and um, there may be some points that if we listen carefully, maybe we didn't know about it. Maybe we didn't even study about it. So let's say if, if I am a part of uh, a party, political party, that I know more about it because all I receive from media, because they know my interests, they know my click. And we talked about this algorithm. So it doesn't allow me even to receive some information from the other group. It doesn't allow me to, in a deeper level, understand the other party or the other group's ideas. So maybe we can, you know, think about that and talk about that as well. Yeah, the, the point that really stands out for me and that is the idea of that, and, and this can be from a cultural <clears throat> kind of perspective as far as a, in our larger society, the idea that we need to put aside emotion and be rational. I think there, that's a that's a, 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 a falsehood in the sense that you know we we can't divorce ourselves from our emotions. We're going to have our emotions in our views, and a lot of times I think it's important instead to acknowledge those emotional reactions that we're having. So uh, we may we may still want to lead with that rational logical part of us, but we have to acknowledge how we're feeling so that we don't just suppress it or we don't uh, inadvertently react uh, out of that emotion disguised as us being rational or logical. So I think we need both. We need to recognize that we feel angry about it or hurt about it. But we, uh, one of the things I, I encourage individuals to think about is how do we express that emotion in a way where others can be heard? And so it, it takes a lot of kind of self-reflection and, and acknowledging what what is how are we being impacted by those things? You know, what does that elicit within us? And like you said, the, even the distinction between like a leader and a follower. I think a lot of times people don't think of themselves as a follower. Uh, it's something that a lot of times is construed in a way where you know we want to be a leader. But uh, in some ways, I think people can be leaders and we can be followers, so we can be both. And it's recognizing when we're following, uh, you know, what is it that we agree with? And there's probably things that we don't agree with. What are those things that we think rationally, logically? And what are those things that we feel in, in those situations, too? So really kind of trying to make sure that we're acknowledging those emotional reactions that we're having Otherwise, we can pass them off as us being rational or logical. And again, it's, I think we see it when people say, well, I, I know I'm right. And so it's like, okay, well, that sounds like a logical argument, but you're not even open to any other alternative views. It's like, well, no, I'm right. I'm right. And it's like, okay, you're, 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 you're sounding like you're emotional. No, 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 you're emotional. You know, I'm not emotional. I'm right. And so it's like, yeah. wait a minute, hold on. You know, we're coming from a place of feeling defensive, feeling guarded in that way. And so again, right there, that tends to result in people struggle like you said, to, to, to listen, to hear that alternative view. So we can be angry about it. We can be conflicted. We can say that we don't feel as though those things are right or fair, but then also saying, well, wait a minute, I'm feeling this way, but also how do I want to look at this? How do I want to think about that? Um, I want to um, just quote what it was uh, in one of the articles I was reading in um, 
American Psychological Association. Uh, regarding this, um, what is actually going on, that was the title of the article I was reading. And it says, to decrease the political divide, we must understand the various factors that work to divide us. So one thing we can do right now as individual is pause and consider our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, like what you were saying, and identify the psychological factors at play, you know, mm -hmm. um, the ability to place our own behaviors and behaviors of others into a psychological framework can allow us to reflect on what we are experiencing and help us to understand and shape our actions. Um, and and uh, one of the things that Dr. Schneider, uh, who is adjunct faculty at one of the universities in California says, which was very interesting to me was existential um, fear mm -hmm. appears to be at the heart of what divides polar polarization, polarization. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. The fear, the trauma, you know, mm -hmm. um, all of that are factors that we need to think about. And, and also it says one reason that we tend to become fixated and polarized is because of individual and collective trauma that associates with a profound sense of insignificance. Yeah. I thought that was really important. Yeah, because I mean, I, I think it extrapolates on what we've been talking about, you know, if it's good or bad or right or wrong, then that means because think about it, if our views, our opinions, uh, the things we believe in aren't, you know, right, then that means we're not right as an individual, which means like we're failed or we're less than or, you know, we're not worthy in that way. And that I think in the existential level is so scary for a lot of people. And so, you know, to feel to be wrong, to feel like a failure uh, can can be so consuming to an individual's versus it, it takes effort and energy for us to see it as something that we can grow from and we can learn from and we can uh, improve upon. It's something that we can, uh, uh, it's like a muscle, we can strengthen it. It doesn't mean that it's it's done. Uh, and so I think a lot of times, yeah, fear is a huge uh, aspect of, you know, what it means to be wrong, what it means to be uh, on the other opposing side. Yeah. And also, I think naturally, we tend to conceptualize the other group, you know, as much as, you know, we need to really know, um, in a deeper level, what's going on, we just sometimes conceptualize, if yeah. I don't know you, and if I don't know, what are your, um, you know, political, for example, um, values or interests, I just make up things about you, you know, or about different groups. So I think this is also part of being a human being. And how many of us really stop to think where we are in this, even in our normal life um, happenings, even in our communication, even in, in our relationship, how many of us really stop for a second and think about our own thoughts and behavior? It's so important to teach our children from early on as we do share as we do raise your hand you know I know in kindergarten mm -hmm. um, and even now preschool we all hear that but can we teach our children 
in educational setting and train our teachers, train our society. This is again, what I'm talking about the role of a psychologist. What can we do to teach everyone the early steps of uh, being a good listener, being a person that can relate and listens and um, have that common sense that we need to really, some of the things are in children's book and we teach our children, but we forget as adults. Oh, you sure, know? sure, yeah. That, re- that reminds me, my niece was telling me one time at school, she got in trouble <clears throat> and she said that the teacher told her that she was making bad choices, which is different from what I heard kind of growing up where, you know, you were being bad. And, and mm. just the difference in that, you know, and even that term, you know, we're being bad. That's, that's like we are, our being who we are is bad versus choices. Choices are something we can make in, in a good way and a not so good way. And so choices feels more malleable and something that isn't ingrained just in us. That's not our personhood, if you will. And so even that, uh, and this was several years ago, I remember thinking, oh, wow, like that's such a different way. Of, of, you know, kind of thinking where, you know, before it's like, okay, well, oh, they're, they're a bad kid, or oh, they're always, you know, they're always acting bad. And so it's like, you can see how an individual can come to identify those things, uh, you know, as they're being good, or they're being bad. And so it's so it's so ingrained in us from an early age, sometimes we don't even realize it. And so like you said, in, in teaching children, and even as adults, I encourage, you know, uh, in that way to reflect on uh, not necessarily like our inner child, but that that inner kind of dialogue that we have towards ourself. You know, are we telling ourselves we're wrong? Are we telling ourselves we're bad? Are we telling ourselves that others are bad where, you know, they may feel like us in so many ways? And and what if they're not necessarily bad or wrong, but they're, you know, uh, adhering to those views and those beliefs because of things that they've seen or been through. And so, again, it's one of those things where to take that step back and to have that increased awareness about where those messages kind of coming from, I think is so important. And just be honest to ourselves. I think that's the huge part that when we are talking about another person, another group, uh, sometimes we tend to um, just say the part that, again, it's self-serving to us and the part that isn't, we miss it. But just remind ourselves that um, we need to be honest. Am I just, uh, you know, repeating something that, I have seen or I have witnessed in, I just only say the part that is self-serving to me rather than, you know, uh, really what happened. Uh, and, and I know this is a hard part and, and we all um, are, I think, guilty of that. And we have to sometimes, um, many times I tell myself, I have to stop and think because we tend to do that because we want to be a winner. We want to, in a conversation to say what we, we believe and feel like, okay, I, I won. I could yeah. um, you know, convince everybody, but it's not really the matter of convincing. Mm-hmm. It's not the matter of um, acquiescing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just the matter of saying our points, listening carefully. And even the part that we make mistake, we realize and we 
admit it at least to ourselves. We don't have to even admit to someone else. I think the most important part is admit it to ourselves is the most important because that's when you start even being more careful about your thinking, your behavior, your senses, and how you perceive things. I think along those lines, it's important to any kind of conversation or dialogue we have, especially with somebody who we maybe have opposing or different views from asking ourselves, what's, what's one thing I can learn from this conversation? What's one way I can grow from this conversation and, and versus it being right or wrong or good or bad. And so if we, we uh, approach it with the idea that we can gain something from it, it allows us to, I think, listen even a little bit more, be more attentive to not just our point of view and getting that across, but really kind of hearing that other and seeing where we can connect as well as even where we can grow. I think really this is absolutely important and we um, definitely need to to pay attention to that. Uh, We're going to give a short break and come back to end our today's conversation. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه تازه رادیواتون رو باز کردین صدای ما رو میشنوین ما امروز به همراه دکتر اندرادی همکارم در خدمتون هستیم روزای شنبه و یه شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر گفتگوهای روانشناسی داریم با هم و اگر کسانی هستن که از صحبتهای ما بهره میبرن به زبان انگلیسی خواهش میکنم ازشون دعوت بکنین به برنامه‌های ما توجه کنن ما یک صحبتی داشتیم در مورد این شکافی که بین گروه های سیاسی افتاده و اتفاقی که در روز 6 ژانویه افتاد در کشور امریکا و صحبت هامون به جنبه های مختلف روانشناسی هم کشیده شد که قسمت مهمی از اون بود و میخواستیم راجبش صحبت کنیم برمیگردیم و در قسمت پایانی برنامهمون باتون صحبت خواهیم کرد We're back with Dr. Andrade, and we are going to each say our last statement about the political divide. Yeah, what I'd like to encourage listeners is to just really ask themselves that question. What's one thing that I can um, learn from this, uh, from this other? Or what's another way that I can see this? I think it's, again, as we've talked about, it's, it's easy to solidify our views and to feel as though you know, we are right or you know, our, our view is the dominant one. I think there's always so much that we can learn from others. And even just asking ourselves that question, even if it's just one thing, 
that we can see uh, from from a different perspective uh, is so invaluable. So really asking yourself that question, you know, what's what's another way I can see this? What's one thing I can take from this conversation? And I want to say that um, once again, in every communication, in every relationship, regardless of whether it's political, whether it's a sport, it's just work um, with coworker, with your loved ones. I think every time a conflict happens, which is part of natural thing between human being, we have to stop and think about what happened. Don't jump into it immediately. Think about it, bring your thoughts together. And remember, if you have a little thing in common at that particular conflict, bring that up first, rely on that, and rely on the common issues that you both agree. Because I believe if you start with that, there's always a happy ending. But if you start with the negative and the part that divides you, then it's hard to get back to it. But always be wise. Stop, think, bring your senses together, bring your emotions together, and start from the point of connection. Start to think, what is it in this conflict that we both agree? As simple as that. I think we have to be wise. Is there anything else, Dr. Andrade, you want to no, say? No, I think that's a, yeah, no, I think it's a great point. Yeah, you know, practice that for people to practice that and to to develop that, you know, definitely, especially with such a, a difficult time uh, that we have coming up ahead uh, with, uh, yeah, the inauguration. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, these things can be helpful as we, we approach those things. All right. Thank you, Dr. Andrade. Today we missed our friend, Dr. Rockers, but... Uh, we were happy that we could be um, together today to um, talk about something that is uh, seems to be very important in these days. With that, I want to say goodbye to our uh, Radio Bomb Dot listeners. We come back tomorrow and we have another conversation with Dr. Andrade. هنوزم باد با دکامون لب بومه صدای پات میاد از اون سر دالون میگی خوبی چی چیه وفا کدومه بین ما هرچی بوده تموم شده عشق این دوره چه بی دوم شده
بوده تموم شده عشق این دور چه بی دبوم شده دلمان عشق تو خنده از این لب ها گرفته چی بگم هرچی بگم فایده نداره غم آلم توی قلبم جا گرفته بین ما هرچی بوده تموم شده عشق این دور چه بیدبوم شده کسی که زندگی شو باخت تو نیستی اون که با رنگ و ریا ساخت تو نیستی اون منم تنها ترین تنهای دنیا اون که خوب و بد و نشناخت تو نیستی بین ما هرچی بوده تموم شده عشق این دور چه بی دبوم شده Thank you.